Hello and welcome to the Tech on Toast podcast. My name is Chris Fletcher and I'm your host. Tech on Toast exists to connect hospitality to technology. Search for your best problem-solving tech on our marketplace, listen to both operators and tech experts on our podcast, or just meet up with the brilliant people who are helping innovate the hospitality industry as we enter a new era. Welcome to Tech on Toast. The Tech on Toast podcast is brought to you today by Rems Hospitality. Benchmark your restaurant across other venues securely and gain market share. To find out more about Rems, head over to their website, remshospitality.com. Enjoy the show. Welcome, guys, to the next episode of Tech on Toast podcast. And this week, I'm quite excited. I've got a couple of mates with me. Uh, so I've got Kieran Bailey um, tagging along on Tech on Toast. First time on Tech on Toast, Kieran? I think it is my first time on Tech on Toast. Should I list all your jobs, or do you want to tell people what you do? I mean, I just I do quite a few things, obviously, primarily at the moment, as we were just discussing uh, the world of Atollo, uh, all about mentoring, all about community, all about supporting this wonderful industry. Uh, I can't believe it's the first time you've had me on your podcast. It's, it's a bit rude, Chris. There's a reason saying. why you talk a lot. Uh, and then secondly, and not secondary, uh, is Matt Grimshaw, uh, founder of Uda. Hello, Matt. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. And Matt, we, we know you from a previous life. I remember you did a pre- you did a, an event for us, and you, I think you said... Can you put pig on a lipstick? Can you lipstick put lipstick on, a, on pig. a pig? Was that it? Yeah, that was the slide I remember. <laughs> when was that? Was that a couple of years ago? It was. I think we were talking about storytelling. Uh, we were talking about storytelling. I can't remember the context, but uh, yeah, we were talking about storytelling. <laughs> it was a good slide. Whatever. It was a great it was. picture. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was basically a big pig with red lipstick on, uh, but that's how I remember you. And anyway, look, um, tell us a little bit about you, how you've got to this point, because Yuda's fantastic. It's very new. Uh, we've been uh, aware of it for a while. You're on the marketplace, which is great, so you can go check out Yuda. It's Y-O-U-D-A. Is that correct? Got it right. Uh, yes, yeah, so you can check out Uda on the Marketplace. And um, tell us a little bit about your journey so far. How did you end up at this bit? Uh, so, yeah, Uda's very new. Like, we've been we've been live for about nearly six months. Um, but in a way, it's quite old. So Uda <laughs> is, is the culmination of having spent sort of 15 years trying to work in this space, in the people and culture space, and trying to basically trying to make people happier at work and trying to make people happier at work in a way you can show there's a benefit to customers and, a, and ultimately a financial benefit. And I've been the guy for 15 years who, you know, turned up and tried to do a good job and it never quite worked. You know, like like years and years of qualified successes. <laughs> I think you just described my career. Yeah. <laughs> but every time, it, any, every time it only partially worked, I tried to work out, you know, why, why didn't it go as expected, did the reading, did the thinking. Yeah. Um, and you just kind of like the culmination of that. It's like, oh, I think I've got it now. Like, I'm not, not the quickest learner, but like, yeah, after 15 years of trying, I was like, oh, I think I've I think Yeah, you've I've only got, got time for one product there, haven't yeah. you? Yeah. 15 years, <laughs> 15 years ago. And, and, and what I, we struggled with, and I think... Uh, we've been selling Yuda to anyone we can talk to at the moment because, uh, and selling is the right thing to say. Actually, we really love what it might do. But can you put it in a pitch? Can you? <laughs> Candidly, <laughs> He's no. shaking his head. No. <laughs> right. and, and what's the best way? So, if I'm a restaurateur and Matt, I need help with my people experience. Yeah. I suppose I could say, uh, how could you help me? Uh, it's a great question. Listen, candidly, I am the worst person at pitching you now, right? And every time someone asks me, a little bit of me dies. <laughs> it's like, you know. That's uh, my first on the podcast. Yeah, Killed it's like, yeah, it's like, yeah. You, you, it, but um, what Uda is, is what we're calling a people experience platform. So uh, essentially a new category of stuff in your HR tech stack. And it, it sits between all your HR tech apps and your comms channels. And it, it basically does two things. One, it pulls all your people data to a single source of truth. So everything that you've got spread across your payroll, your rotor, your HRAS, learning systems, et cetera, et cetera, pulls all that to a single system of record. And the big advantage of that is it makes it way easier to analyze what's working and what isn't working for your people. And then the second thing you can do with Uda is you can build automated workflows or or user journeys um, that utilize those capabilities and push them into your 
with your comms channels. So it means you can create seamless experiences that appear usually as a chatbot, yeah. something like Workplace or Slack or Teams. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. That, uh, and and yeah, I, don't I, know think that's did, I think you did quite well. And that's exactly how I pronounced it. Well, I was going to say, Kieran, uh, you were onboarded by Matt unwittingly um, through Uda. <laughs> so you have another job you didn't know about. Um, and you went through it, didn't you? What was it like? Because you actually went, you were on I mean, it was slick, yeah. is the simple answer. Um, I mean, I'm still getting emails from uh, NQ64 <laughs> telling me I'm late for my shift, I'll be honest with you, uh, to give me the fear a little bit. But, you know, I literally, uh, as if I was talking to a bot, signed in, job done, within 35, 40 seconds, um, I got an email from uh, Rotor Ready, uh, and then somebody else just to say, you're now signed on, you're onboarded, your Rotor's going to be here, download the app, and away you go. I was like, boom, that's the easiest onboarding process I've ever seen in my life. Uh, so, yeah, onboarding might be a really easy one to explain. So, so from an employee's perspective, right, onboarding is a journey. Uh, okay. But from the tech perspective, if you're sat in an HR team, that's like maybe six or seven different systems. Yeah. Right. Now, yeah. the current experience for employees is driven by the way in which those six or seven systems work. Right. Yeah. You have to be basically onboarding onto payroll and onto rotor and onto the learning system and et cetera, et cetera. So what Uda does is pulls that all together and, and curates the experience around the employee, puts them first. So as Kieran says, you get a you know, you get a text message welcoming you to the business, get you onto the comms platform. But in seconds, thing. right? Yeah, yeah. It's all like I mean it used to be you got the sheet of passwords, remember? <laughs> and then each pass and I'll Kieran, I know I'm bad at passwords. You are bad at passwords. Like, literally my password. If you know my kids, I'm in trouble. You know, <laughs> you know my passwords. I will ruin so, your life one day. <laughs> so yeah. So um, yeah, please don't Google them. Just who, who do you bank with? Uh, <laughs> also, if you know my mum, if you know my mum's old landline number, you've also got that. I'm pretty you're pretty much halfway there. Uh, but I think what tech has really focused on for the last few years is UX in customers, right? Yeah. So UX on the front end. And I think it's that's been really important. Um, but I do think we've forgotten, <laughs> in many ways, forgotten about our people. And I know Atollo talks about that a lot. But also what you're doing is really adding UX to their journey, right? And, and, and how they feel, not just onboarding, but their experience during their employment with you. Yeah. And, and I think there's also, a, like you said, the HR tech UX is behind, yeah. right? But if you're, let's say you're 19, 20, 21, like imagine what you've grown up with from a tech perspective, yeah. right? You've grown up like you were born after the iPhone. You were born after Amazon, like Netflix. Can imagine that? Yeah, like you, the, the, your expectation as a consumer about what tech ought to do for you is 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 vast. Without you know necessarily realizing. Do you get? Do you have any feedback on people? Because I'd love to know. Because I've never really asked someone younger than me actually what when they do they roll their eyes when they log onto these bloody platforms. They're all but there's seven different ones for as you say for when they want to just join, get a job. Yeah, I just feel I think it's like. I, 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 the, the, it's, I think it's like turning up at a Victorian cotton mill. You know, like, <laughs> generationally, you're just like... Having flashbacks. Oh, like, <laughs> oh my God, what, I saw one the other day. It looked like, it just looks so... It looked really clunky. Yeah. Um, and... Are we still on cotton mills? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on the tech, but like, or, or like, there's no, there's no way... It doesn't work on a mobile. Yeah. Um, but the big thing for me is, is I think there's this expectation around personalization. Yeah. Right? We expect tech to know who we are, yeah. what we want, when we want it. Remember my password. And it's just basics. Yeah. yeah. And, and um, in the HR space, no one has the data that allows you to segment your employee base so you can start to personalize stuff. So, so uh, maybe jump back to onboarding as a like. Let me yeah. give you a practical example. So with you, you get you get the welcome in. 
the first thing is you can make sure that the first impression that an employee gets is on brand, right? So rather than getting them straight into forms, it's like, here's a video of our founder or, you know, this yeah. is our story. So Welcome. You can, yeah, exactly. Uh, and then you can do like the admin stuff that we put, put, put Kieran through, like, you know, digital contract, right to work, get your bank account details, all those sorts of things. Employee puts that in. Yuda does a background check, check the data's right, and then Yuda pushes that all to your system. So no one has to touch and, that data. And to be clear here, so everyone understands, Yuda is not competing with RotorReady and all these other guys, right? You're building. You're, um, I suppose, the, the middleman. Right? Yeah, is that the right way yeah. to explain it? I think there's two scenarios in which we're helpful. One, if you're on a big like platform, I think people's that does a lot of good stuff for you, but I think people's frustration is it doesn't give you the flexibility to create the experience you yeah. want. So we sit on top of that. And you can, it's so easy to explain. Are you the lipstick on the pig? <laughs> Not the lipstick. Literally, you are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think we see the podcast cover. <laughs> so, so that's the first scenario. You sit on top of that stuff and between that and the comms channels. So you can, st it gives you the flexibility to create the employee experience you want. Or the second scenario is you see people who've like bought best in class application. Like we bought the best payroll. We bought yeah. what we think is the best. And what you get then is you get a coordination challenge. You've got your, your data sitting across five or six silos, it becomes really difficult to analyze what's going on. And again, you get this sort of, for an employee perspective, you get this app fatigue of like, oh, where do I have to go for that again? And where's that one again? And that, and so Yuda just pulls that all together into into one experience. Uh, and, and we, uh, Tolo, obviously, I, I can explain this, but we've, we've got, we run this mentoring program where we, uh, we had a funded one, now we're moving into a paid one. Um, and our experience through the government one, do you want to talk, I mean, the, it, yeah, we're, we're bad words, bad yeah. words, Chris. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a painful process. We have a, a whole load of bureaucracy and questions that we had to ask that required so much work and administration from one, two, three different team members to be involved in that. And, you know, when we sat and first spoke with you about you, we were like, oh, my God, this would have made yeah, our you lives. You were six months late, my friend. Yeah, man. <laughs> Yeah, but it's like... You would have changed our lives. It's like, you just make it easy for people. There's also simple, like, you know, so we pull these... If you put the details into an ATS, we'll pull it through. We don't make you put the data in again. If you want to... If you're happy to give me the URL to your, your LinkedIn page, we'll pull the data through, like, so you don't have to keep re-entering stuff. And, and you said you go to where people are. Is that right? Is that the way yeah, you Yeah, so I, th I think... Like, I, in employee experience, I think there's, like, two types of experience. There's, like, in-stream experiences right. and there's pit stop experiences, right? I like this. Go on. In-stream experiences are, like, either things you didn't know you had to do. So you want a nudge on something. Like, yeah. uh, you've forgotten to, to do this for something. You've forgotten to book your mentor. Yeah, like a little yeah. notification yeah. that's coming up in a chat. Like, or, or you didn't know you wanted, right? So let's say we've got some data within Uda that says, actually, mentoring might be really useful to you. Like, you've just, you've just changed from you know, one role to another, did you know this is available to you? So Yuda can read that data in the background and just jump up to you in stream and nudge you in a certain way, right? And then you've got pit stop experience. Pit stop experiences are more like like rotoring, right? Yeah. You don't want to do that on a chatbot. You want no. to sit down and be able to see your rotor. And, 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 and yeah, so what we're trying to do with Yuda is make sure the, 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 the in-stream experiences, like we're trying to work out when when's it useful to give people a particular experience uh, what do you need to know about them to suggest that that's a good experience for them? And then and then how do you improve those experience over time? Um, so that maybe just make it easy for people. Like, 
You know, that seems to be it, doesn't it? From listening to you, it seems like you fundamentally help customers leverage the kit that they've already got the most effectively. Yeah. So we were talking about before we came on, like um, chatbots on a handbook, for instance. Yeah. So you can go on you just type, what's our maternity policy? And then it will come up with it. But then you build it as a journey. So I like, you know, you, you nudge them to the next thing so you can get the... You can get Nobody the wants to read those things anymore, right? <laughs> yeah. And I know everyone's trying really hard to put pretty pictures on, make them a PDF. I mean, that's high tech. Uh, you know, but like really... Fancy. But, you know, but I, you understand it. And it's, it's very easy to tease, but operations, time, budget, pick one, are all limited, aren't they? And it's just, and where do you invest? Do you invest in the paper handbooks? Do you invest in the, but the, the way to invest is actually on the front end, right? So you keep people. And I was going to ask you, have, have you had chance to test it yet? Because I know you're still relatively yeah, new and so also you're building and building. We, we, uh, we were really lucky. Uh, NQ64 agreed to be the sort of guinea pig on going the first guy. <laughs> There's so always one. <laughs> yeah. And a full disclosure, I hope they don't mind me saying this. So we launched in about October, discovered in December that a bit of what we'd built wasn't going to be reliable enough, so we had to rebuild that. Um, but now <laughs> we're, yeah, we're, now back on, we're now back on track and, 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 uh, uh, and that's working quite well. Um, the challenge with, with UDEF is... Because it's people. This is when I'm like, am I drinking the cool day? If you think of it like the central nervous system, right? The data is the brain. The automations are like the nerves that connect things. The the challenge is always the APIs with the other people's systems, yeah. like how you integrate with stuff and functionality, and uh, that's the that's that's the buggy bit, if that makes sense. So we've got an event log on what happens within UDA so that we can sort of work through understanding yeah, yeah. where things get broken down. So I think my experience is. Uh, I'm actually quite pleased with reliability now. We're now to the point where actually the things that go wrong are, are, are by user behavior. That's yeah, not to say yeah. it's not a fault with user, but yeah, yeah, they've yeah. done something we didn't anticipate them doing, and therefore it's caused a, 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 a bug uh, rather than the tech failing. Like the yeah. tech's pretty, the, the tech's now pretty robust. Um, so yeah, it's, it's getting to a place where. Uh, yeah, we're, we're feeling like we're, we're confident we've got something that works. Uh, and we were having dinner last night. I'm going to do a name drop with uh, old Steve Phillips from Maragami. Mm -hmm. He's out for dinner, two kebabs. You owe us more, my friend. Budget Montoya, still, still great hung, food. Still Go check it out. Yeah, Budget's great, but I'm still hungry. Um, <laughs> but uh, he was talking, we just got talking about tech because I'm boring. And uh, we got chatting about it. And he said, all I care about in tech is reliability. He said, all the other cool stuff you do, I don't care. <laughs> Does it, will it work 24-7? Will I always be on, you know? Yeah. And that was his main concern. He said, that's actually the first thing I think about. And I probably think most operators might think the same. Yeah, and I just think it's what's your threshold for reliability, right? Because I think people <laughs> don't realise... like that. Good point. Pe yeah. People don't realise how often the tech they use breaks. Yeah. Right? And yeah. they think, like... Now, I remember listening to a marketing guy a long time ago who said, uh, you know, the value of a brand is the forgiveness you get. And he had this lovely story. He's like, imagine you go to your fridge, you take the chicken out of your fridge, and it's from Aldi, right? And you open it. It's meant to go off on Friday, but it's Tuesday day. It smells a bit funny. You're like, oh, bloody cheap chicken. And you chuck it out. If you open the same packet of chicken, but it's from M&S, and you like smell it, so it's like you start checking the temperature on your fridge, right? Because you think... It's <laughs> a really good point. You know? And, yeah. and um, in the tech space... Uh, Big tech goes wrong all the time. Yeah, you know, Slack stops working, workplace stops working. They, that's true. why they're constantly releasing updates on both. But because they've got the the brand positioning, people either don't know it or think it's something they've done wrong on their phone. At the, uh, and this is not a complaint by any means. When you're at the stage we're at, people are obviously expecting it to break, and and we're expecting it to break, frankly. Um, and so you notice every time something small small goes wrong. <laughs> and and the truth is the way in which most software is developed is, particularly in the type of stuff we're doing, which is relatively complex, is 
you just have to be really quick to respond to user behavior and to bugs. And but to I think that's fair, right? I think, I that, think that's where, I, I, I think, think Steve would say that's fair. If we had that conversation, you were sitting with us with you two kebabs, uh, you could also not <laughs> I let just that think go. You've really got to let that go. <laughs> I think there's two, for me, the reliability thing is, yes, it's hugely important. Yeah. The other thing, I, if I was on, sat on the other side of the table, I'd be like, do these people give care about their product and are they going to fix it quickly? Yeah. And I think some of the things is like, it might be a reliable product, but I know I've spoken to people on the other side, it's like, but I want something changed or I want something and yes. there's no responsiveness. Yeah. yeah. And so what we're trying to be like, we're trying to be super responsive, you know, like if well, you, you are to- the ultimate flexible, like yeah, rubber exactly. band, aren't you at the moment? Exactly. I mean, and I'm sure you can't, I don't know. Can you behave like that forever? Or is that something that you're, you're in your learning phase, I suppose of we're definitely in a learning. So the aspiration, like the aspiration for you is at the moment we build the automations for customers. Yeah. So we, we put them together where we'd like to get to, you know, in the in the near future is we'll have a no code interface for that. So you'll have a we might onboarding there might be a template of the process. Yeah. But then customers will be able to manipulate that, drag and drop and change the process so that it fits uh, what they want to do. And ultimately that will be data led. So there'll be AI behind that that says, by the way, Chris, we've been looking at your 90 day turnover. Looks like it's working really well for everyone except for people who are also students here's three things you might want to do to change the experience for students. And I love that. And I'm totally off my questions here now. Uh, but um, I love the fact that uh, you can look at data by people. And I mean, we talked about shift patterns and a night manager might might be performing better on a Tuesday because he works with Bill and not with Sandra. And on a Wednesday, he's the same guy, works with different people and isn't performing as well. Is there a link between the relationships between yeah. those people? Or is it just he doesn't like working Wednesday nights because the Champions League's on? Who knows? Yeah. But that that you can tell that story, right? Yeah, there's two things on data for me. One is Amazon knows more about your employees than you do. Yeah. Right? Like it knows if they've got kids, if they've got caring responsibilities, what you're into, all those sorts of things. So if you want to create an in, a, a resonant employee experience for, for someone and you're at scale, like you're beyond 10 sites, 200 people, that sort of thing, unless you've got the data, you can't do it. Yeah. Like unless you know something interesting about the person, you can't create an interest. If you, all you know about them is their address, their national insurance number and their job title, like best of luck creating an experience that feels human, you know, you know, engaging and humane. So, so you just have to, you have to find a way. We use the automations to generate data. So we can ask people questions and then use that data to generate the next experience. And then the second thing ar- 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 around data is um, the, the modeling that sits behind you is something called contextual behavioral science. Yeah. So what we're trying to work out is what do you need to know about the person and the context in which they work in, a, in order to be able to predict or nudge to a better outcome? And again, in the HR tech space, don't have contextual data right so let's say we have a hypothesis right you, you, you guys are both experienced operators right we're looking at 90 day turnover again yeah i got a hypothesis probably there's a correlation between uh ha, ha, did they have two two days off in a row in that like yeah that might be a sensible like yeah, so do we want to look really at that is, really is. or you might have a hypothesis which is actually we'll get lower turnover in the first 90 days if they join a team that's stable yeah now, until you've got that data, you can't you can't look at that. And so, I mean, there's so many like certain expectations, uh, as yeah. in the fact that when you onboard someone, did they actually know that the KP area would be hot to work in? I mean, it sounds stupid, yeah, I know, because no, no. we've worked in there all our lives, well, not in KP, but we worked in uh, kitchens most of our lives, and you just, you, I don't think kids coming in now realise that that actually working on the kitchen is quite hard work. It's quite physical. And there's a lot of pace, a lot of speed, uh, that kind of expectation. So so what we're trying to do with Uda is, one, give you the data so you can learn quicker and then make it 
super easy to to run a test. So let's say let's say your heat thing in the kitchen yes. turns out to be a real thing. Well, what you want to do is stagger the experience so people get physically more used to it over the time. Wow. You know, like yeah, like so. How do you change the shift pattern so that maybe the the, the intervention for that is you, people only work five hour shifts for the first two weeks. I mean, so you just, you know, or it's those sorts, of, and you can run those as no, split yeah, tests. It's literally because again, that that position we're talking about is actually a really lonely position. And what's happened over the last few years, I think that people tend to move out of KP and they they go and cook as well, so they have a bit of a dual role. But it's the bit that no one wants to do. It's that you're right, and it's the bit that no. One, but actually, if you could. If you knew that, if you had that in data, it'd be so much more compelling because you could actually say the KP role doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. We're not hiring for a KP anymore. We only hire for commie chefs. We all work on the KP. Yeah. And you do it two hours a day each, and that's it. And then it removes that role. I think we just fixed the problem in, in about five seconds. That's what we do. Yeah, we don't need your data. <laughs> <laughs> but you're, what we're interested in is how does that map onto, like, uh, sales, for instance? So for, one of my things uh, is... You know the number of people who start and whose second shift is on a Friday night or a Saturday night. Yeah, it's like you, you're you're going to stress. You're already out. doomed. It's madness. Yeah. yeah, absolute madness. Well, we we would have done that in the past. No, I mean you might have done that, but <laughs> the idea of just throwing somebody in on a Friday night, all you're going to do is just encourage them to break. But people do really, it really quickly. People do it though for sure. And then and then the message in the business is we're not hiring the right people. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we're not. Well, we're not people. taking responsibility for our choices at that point. Yeah, it's like they're, they're not, weak. They're not resilient enough. Yeah. I heard that so many times, and it's just you know, one. But if you just change the onboarding journey slightly, so that actually they didn't do that for until they actually knew what they were doing. Three weeks in, four weeks I, in. I think what you're talking about is the the learning part actually, and I think that's um, the data is going to teach us something because I think we talked off air very quickly about the fact that you're almost lost in this conundrum in HR where you're and ops actually where you're constantly. Everyone says these problems are evergreen, but, they, but they're evergreen because we're not fixing them. <laughs> and, and, and I think we're not fixing them because we we all have an idea of what is going on. We spoke about this Steve Marigami again last night. We all kind of, as a great ops director or ops manager, you kind of know, I know that that happens, but you can't prove it. Yeah. You just know because you've walked in at certain times, you've been there regularly, you feel it, right? It's a hospitality belly you, yeah. in your gut feeling. But so we need I, real data. From a tech perspective, you've got this interesting conundrum, I think, in hospitality space and, and people space more generally, which is at the moment, all the tech is built for components of that system, right? So it's a yeah. bit like having all the bits of a car but not putting it together. So you've got your data on your ATS. You can make recruitment better. You could make, you know, learning better. You can make the you can improve within the silos. The challenge is the value doesn't exist within the silos. The value just exists at the system level, right? So if yeah. we're really great at recruitment, we don't retain people, all our great recruitment process doing is just burning our money quicker, right? Um, <laughs> now, and what, so what you get is the data that allows you to optimize silos, and then you've got this really interesting counter dynamic, in my opinion, which is you have these experienced operators who have this sense of what doesn't doesn't work at the system level, but it's intuitive and it's it's like and it and so you tend to have these arguments, I think, between experienced operators who are good with people who are prepared to take what appears like an oblique approach. You know, like we just need yeah. to do the right thing and it will pay back in the end. Trust me. Like that's what you're just about. It's like taking the trust away, like in the sense of like it'll pay back in the end. Here's the data that proves it. And that's why, I, like, one of the things I, I, I'm i interested in is, like, just you just hang out with good operators and you get good ideas for stuff that you yeah. can then digitize. Like, Kira, I, like, you're one about your area manager in his little black book. Mm -hmm. Like, um, 
Do you, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll tell, tell the story. story. Tell your story. Tell us, Kieran. I, he was just it's so area manager, Alan Cole, amazing area manager, and he. I just genuinely believed he had the memory. F- that was the finest memory in the world. He remembered every bit of detail about what was happening with my team members' lives. And I just, I remember looking at him thinking, that is just incredible, and I am never going to be able to do that. Uh, and I beat myself up a little bit about it until the next time I saw him come in the pub. And he was stood on the street corner opposite the pub looking at his little book, and he was looking at the notes that he'd made from that visit. So Alex, Alex's girlfriend Katie, she was being a bit of a cretin, and he was giving him hard time because of the work that he was doing. He was doing extra hours. He remembers that. He goes to those details about people's lives and he's able to then go in the walk in the room and go well let's talk about that and yeah. those people feel so uh, they feel seen they feel heard they feel just they feel incredible yeah it's so, that's true power so the equivalent on Uda is you go you type into Uda who's on shift it'll pull up the profiles of everyone on the shift and then when we plug the ai in in about a few months time it will read the data on them and say you know what you need to know about kieran is he's been looking at all the training for an how to be an assistant manager and what you need to know about Chris is he's rated three of his last five shifts as one out of ten and he's you know he's a flight risk and so you can walk in he is a flight risk (laughs) but it's just just about me this podcast (laughs) the the point of it is is I think you you can I think where people are getting their head to with technology is how do we augment human experiences does that make sense like we don't want to reflect we want to equip an area manager to walk in and instead of going we've all seen it like all right, how, how's things? <laughs> All right. How, how, how's sales? Yeah, they've just yeah. done nine hours of just beaten to a pulp. All and, right. And you have this <laughs> conversation that's so surfaced, never goes anywhere. There's, n- there's no real human connection to it. And what we're trying to do is just try and provide a nudge that goes in so you can say, listen, are you interested in being an, an, a, yeah. a manager? Like, you know, like, and uh, Sandra hasn't had a holiday in, in six weeks. Exactly. Yeah, so when you walk in there, make sure you... A, a beeline straight. Imagine that. Imagine a, a part-time server who doesn't really ha- wouldn't really have any interaction with an area manager ever, for, apart from on a visit, I suppose. And that area manager literally walks in, beeline straight for her, and says, you know what? Every time I come in here, I see you working. Yeah. You haven't had a holiday for six weeks. Do you know that? You should take one. Yeah. I'm going to speak to your manager about it. And they'd be like, wow. I love that shift rating thing, You were, that idea that at the end of every shift you say, did I have a good day? One to five, dead yeah. simple. Area manager looks at that and, and is able to talk to them about that yeah. because more often than not, team members will be like, oh, no, it's great, everything's amazing. And it's like, well, you know what? You rated it as being fairly average or less than average. Yeah. What's going wrong? What do we need to change? What do we need to address? That becomes so impactful and so powerful. Yeah, that's brilliant. One of the things, and, and we talked about zero to 90 very quickly before, it's at all-time high, I think, just generally. And I actually had a conversation with Saskia, our marketing manager, about this the other day, that maybe that's just the workforce has changed and actually they are a bit more uh, transient than they were when we were in the business, potentially. Um, but still high because we're doing poor things. What do you think we're getting wrong? Um, and I know this is a bit more of a this to both of you. What do you think we're getting wrong in terms of onboarding people and or, or, or in that whole people journey at the start? And what can we do to help it? I think there's a mentality thing. Yeah. And I don't mean this to sound as critical as it will come out, but I think HR people like the idea that they've got the answer and then you spend six months building it and you release it and then it's problem solved. And the world's not like that. The truth is about onboarding, no one knows how to solve it. Yes. And you have to approach it. keeps happening. It keeps happening. <laughs> and you have to approach it with, an exper- with a mindset of how do I experiment my way to create the data that means I can be less uncertain about what is and isn't. Yeah. And in part, no one's got the data. And in part, no one's got the technology that enables them to experiment. But 
you know, I, I think back to stuff we did when I was a consultant. We ran A-B tests. We deliberately put people on different onboarding experiences with different focuses to try and work out what worked and what didn't work. And so and if you're interested, belonging and significance seem to be really important. Like, how do you create that sense of you're part of something? How do you create that sense that you're a valued member of that? Um, but, yeah, it's, you've got to – I think people, people have to get – much more comfortable with the idea that the business isn't looking to you to tell them what to do and what the answer is. The business needs you to be able to facilitate a process where you are getting better and learning quicker over time. Yeah. So, like, how do you... Like, and that needs technology, right? It it's, does need technology. It's, not, it's impossible, surely. Yeah, and... and a human. Well, and, we proved it. And the <laughs> first thing... So, from a Euda perspective, what we're trying to do in that space, first thing is trying to give people time back, right? This is the other... Right, the other thing I find particularly in people teams is everyone's got a good idea of things they could do to improve, but no one's got any time left. They're right. Like they're already yeah, at 120%. Yeah. Yeah. So the first thing you get with you, there is a series of automa automations that just give you time back. Like yeah. you're no longer moving data between things. You're no longer chasing for people for stuff, all that stuff. And just, you're learning more, right? Uh, yeah. Just hit. So you've got to have the headspace then to, as a people person to be able to go and look at it and go, okay, what's not working with, oh, maybe it's because, you know, people are turning up and they're getting the wrong size uniform. Like I've done trial shifts in, in shoes that were two sizes too small. Yeah. Like it's, it's not a good experience. No. Right. And also turning up looking like the new guy yeah. uh, without the kit. It, yeah. it's, just, it's like school when you go to school it's and you have not the right uniform. So with, Everyone picks on you. So with you there, let's build an automation so that in, as part of the ATS, you ask someone what size uniform we are, it automatically orders it, make sure it's there on day one. Does that have an effect on on turnover and then you're looking to build in the next level of the next like one of the things we're looking at at the minute in uh, in onboarding is strength spotting so like let's say Kieran's done three three shifts with me he gets an automation that says hey you've just worked your third shift with Matt why not give him a bit of feedback is it do you notice he you know what's his strengths what does he seem to do well what does he seem to enjoy um so, now that may or may not work as a as a tactic mm -hmm. but you can generate the data like you know are there a particular, is there a volume of feedback that has an impact? Is there yeah. a type of feedback? You know, so you can just start playing with stuff. I think that's that's really where, I'd, you know, my hope for you is, is it just gives, it's, it gives you that sense I can be playful and I can test my ideas, I can be creative and I can take, you know, a hypothesis I, I, and test it. It's taken, because the operators want to have a say, right? And, I, and I, it's the lovely way to bring us towards the end. But the operators want to have a say and I think they, they believe... I know, because I was one, and you're the same, Kieran, uh, that when you're on the road and you're managing all these bits, you know, you kind of know what's going on. You understand, no, they do know what's going on. Uh, and they understand why it's happening and they want to fix it. There's no lack of intent. Yeah. I just think it's really hard. It's your one person yeah. trying to manage multiple sites. Some people have got 15 sites, a, a geography across 50, 100, 150 miles, and they're expected to fix all these people problems. And I'm not saying you're just going to fix them, but if I was given powerful data and everyone my boss said to me always lead with the data if i had data in front of me that showed me what you said i don't need to go to dorchester today i can go to exeter in the southwest so for anyone who wonders where they are um so i don't need to go and see claire in dorchester because actually twani next and needs my help more yeah because she hasn't had a holiday in eight weeks i didn't know that until you just told me also i've noticed her zero to 90 is off the scale probably because she hasn't had a holiday in six weeks. You know, you start adding all these little things up. So I think operators want to invest their knowledge into something like this. And what we'd like to do with Yuda is, so it's the, it's speeding up the, 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 the way you can spread learning within an organisation, right? So every great operator I've, worked, I've ever had the chance to consult with or work with 
if you ask them, you know, how did you learn to do this? How did you get good at this? They end up giving you their lineage, right? Yeah. Like I went and I, I worked for this person, like an apprenticeship, because yeah. yeah. so, there's so much practical wisdom in hospitality yeah. about how you do it. Now, what, you, what we want to do with you is try to get some data around the impact of that practical wisdom. So go back to Kieran's area manager, right? If, if that's getting better results, you ought to be able to say, ought to be able to nudge the peer group to say, have a chat to so-and-so, because I think they might have saw, or, or from a, a, an employee experience perspective, actually we'll have the set of tactics that we could say, here's the template that you need in this situation. You know, if you're looking to turn an assistant manager into a manager, here's the template that's the most effective at doing that in this context. Um, but it's, the thing that excites me about it is I, f I feel that we're not trying to put tech in that destroys what's special about hospitality. Yeah, I love that. I think you're trying to put tech in that takes away all the admin shit that no one likes doing. Yeah. And then generates the data so you can, the people that are actually in those operational roles having that impact, you're just amplifying that. You're using the data to, hey, actually, this person has got something that's working. Let's try and spread that. Yeah. I um, mean, I mean I, and I, it is riveting because if you think about what we've been through through our career, it's just there's so many great examples of great people and we always talk about sliding door moments and these guys never really get to the pinnacle they should have got to they never get to od you know sliding something happens and they just don't end up there but they've got great knowledge and we just lose it right when they leave they just it's gone unless they've really really worked hard to pass it down to their guys so anyway look i could talk all day long about this i need to stop it because we'll be for here for three hours and not one uh in terms of Uda, obviously you're on the marketplace. Where else can we find you? You've got a website. Yeah, Uda.co at the moment. Uh, and you can find us. Uh, we're, we're, yeah, we're sort of coming out of stealth mode, if that makes sense at the moment. <laughs> so we've been, we've been a little bit under the radar. Uh, we're now, we, if people are interested in this sort of stuff, if people have a, we're, we're looking for people who want to do something new yeah. and interesting and different and have that that slightly innovative. Well, we set you up one client already just to yeah. chat to someone. And she, we won't say it was, was within like we got a text email whatever straight afterwards almost like she was on Uda and we got a nudge straight afterwards saying how much she loved it and wanted to go and try and fix it straight away which I think is a real testament to what you're doing because obviously we respect her role and what she does and I think that's a really big compliment to what you guys have built so far what we need hopefully like we we're really keen to work with organizations who can make us as good as possible as quick as possible you know, like people with very high expectations, very high standards around how they want to manage their people, what they want to do around their culture. Because if you work with those sorts of people, they, they'll make your product better. In, in, of course. In all of that. So that's really what we're like. If, if you know, if, if, if worldview wise, you sort, it sort of resonates, then, then yeah, that's who we'd love to talk to. Uh, and people who want to do new stuff, you know, like let's, let's, I've always wanted to be able to, this the Mavericks. Yeah, yeah, that's where we're at the moment. So we need to find, <laughs> we, we, we want to find people who, who are like a bit dissatisfied with their options. Yeah, you know, I, I think there's a lot, I think there's a lot to choose from. And, and what about you, Matt? How do they get hold of you? So if people want to chat to you, are you on LinkedIn? or you I am around? on LinkedIn. Uh, yeah, just sort of search for Matt Grimshaw. Uh, but yeah, it would be a disappointing, <laughs> it's been a dis disappointing experience, but um, yeah. Uh, Everyone's Googling Matt yeah, Grimshaw as we speak. Yeah. Uh, right. Oh God. Look, that's brilliant. I mean, <laughs> Go and check out Yuda. It is brilliant. Um, we didn't even get to why the name exists. Uh, when you get hold of Matt, you can ask him. He'll tell you that's another half an hour story. Uh, but really cool. Thank you, Kieran, for uh, guest appearing. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure, Christopher. Thank, Thank you very you. much. And uh, yeah, we shall see you all next week. Say bye, guys. Thank you very Cheerio much. Bye. Cheers.